Yeah, direct misfire, aiming up hits. Bend some spoon and sell liquor in the mix. Follow along, stay up to date. Comment, like, subscribe today. Hello champs and welcome once again to another Direct Misfire Missive. Joining me today as always is Spoon and Selick as we talk hobby and community question answering and whatnot. Uh, how are you guys? Yeah, really good. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad for a Tuesday night. It's a bit warm in this room but I can't turn the fan on because otherwise you'll hear it and it'll be annoying for the listener. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So let's get into it. We've got a lot of questions to answer, but we'll start off with Hobby. What's been going on? Yeah, I'll jump in first here, guys, uh, because I know that you guys have been working on a fair bit more than I have. Um, mm. But I guess the big ticket items for me has been, uh, well, the, the major thing was getting the Dragon Empire Kickstarter coming in. So that's going to be Hooray. my elves. Um, so yeah, that's that's the big thing for me. So that's all. How I've long got. were you waiting for that? Uh, it's only been, and I'll say only, it's probably about seven months, and the models have come out amazing. I know, Benson, you haven't seen them yet, but I'll bring them over tomorrow. Mm -hmm. um, yep. But yeah, they've, they've come out a really good, so for everyone at home, they're 3D printed um, samurai based or Japanese based uh, miniatures. And I'm gonna 3D sculpted. Yeah, they're, they're looking very, very impressive. So dragon. And how much of uh, an army did you get? Was it a full 2,000? Was it more or less? Uh, it'll be 2,000 of elves. So obviously okay. they're a little bit more of an elite army. But uh, yep. yeah, so 2,000 points. Looks very, very good. Cool. cool. Mm. And yourself, Spoon? I've uh, been working with an airbrush. I'm trying to teach myself how to use the damn thing properly. <laughs> I've had it for about two years and have only ever really used it to do base coats, but now I'm doing a mm. bit of terrain uh, to teach mm -hmm. myself. So I've been working on four Citadel forests that are starting to get a bit tedious, taking a long time After to this, do. no more forests. Yeah, no more forests. I've had enough. More twisted terrain. Yes. Houses. Yes. Just oh, as exciting. I'll put, one of the, <laughs> I'll put a few of those together. Emma's helped me, but... Um, started painting one and I've got some cool steampunk stencils to try on the the sides of the building which nice yeah more picks to Is come yeah I think so just just airbrushing just airbrushing yeah your, your skills up all yeah. right fair enough you? I have a lot and I'm probably going to forget a whole bunch of it since the last cast which was a little while ago probably now 2016 um, yeah about that. <laughs> uh, all the game systems so 40k I finished the 1,000 point army for a tournament, so that took a little while. Uh, and then we had Malifaux to paint, not just mine, but uh, another one of our gaming buddies for tournaments again. Yep. Um, and the weekend just passed, that was a Malifaux tournament, and I, that's where I posted that video for the um, little puppet guy and the display board that kind of looks like it's set in a theatre, or uh, is yes. a theatre. Yeah, yep. it looked good. Uh, working on, or just about to finish, another regiment of lesser obsidian golems, so that can snap in with the other regiment that I've got to make a horde. Mm -hmm. um, and I can't remember what else I got. Twisted, as you know, assembled that. Haven't started painting them because of other things. Um, What's Twisted? Dystopian Wars. Yep. Got a whole bunch more boats and some more planes came in yesterday. <laughs> So I don't wow. know why I did that, but it's happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's well. That's all I'm going to remember at the moment. Um, I'm just preparing for CanCon, um, and our mate Hugh, he might be attending. So the continuation of the rebasing of Skaven to Ratkin will continue. How much more does he have? He's got a lot. Okay. Cool. He's got a lot. Um, so he's got a thousand point army ready to go now. And like clan rats and um, vermintide and all that junk needs to be based in characters on mounts and stuff. Cool. Yeah. At least most of the, his miniatures are painted. Not fantastic because they were second hand. Yep. Um, but it should be easy enough to transfer to cool. the base for multi-basing. Hmm. Hmm. But that's, that's a little bit of hobby that I've been doing. That's a little bit. Monstrous amount. Yeah. <laughs> 
Working Sounds away. Like we've done nothing, Salik, and Ben's done it. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just mentioned that I had a package turned up, and he's uh, just <laughs> listed like four model ranges. That's oh, yeah. I bought something, and it was delivered. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> <laughs> so we will actually discuss. I know that you were doing the Ratkins there for CanCon, but before mm-hmm. we get to CanCon, we've actually had uh, Steve Evans. Uh, ask a question about uh, Vanguard, so obviously the new Mantic skirmish that's come through, mm-hmm. and just some initial thoughts. So I'll probably throw this one over to Spoon. What are your oh, initial geez, thoughts on on Vanguard? I've been waiting for them uh, Mantic to start talking about this uh, skirmish game that they've uh, wanted to make for a while, and I have been watching the blog updates. Looks interesting. Um. I don't know what's going to happen Kickstarter-wise. I'll keep an eye on it. Um, if it, if it's just a book, maybe I'll get it on release. I'd like to play a few games. I'm wondering when they're going to release a beta rules or something so we can mm. have a play around. That would be cool. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be great that the models you can transfer from Kings of War into Vanguard and vice versa for your heroes yeah, and whatnot. Smart. Yeah. Um, so you're not a you're not a massive fan of Kickstarter, are you? No, I'm not a huge fan. I've backed a few, but <laughs> it seems like you've backed more than just a few. <laughs> it seems to be like your your main um, way of procuring items is yeah, through Kickstarter. I'm pretty sure your though. second bedroom is full of Kickstarter. So nah, that's the shed. <laughs> <laughs> Most of mine are actually board games. When I had a look at it the other day, so. Mm. but they're all still coming yes so. it's still from Kickstarter yeah um, so before you sort of move away there Spoon you've had a look at the Vanguard models so the, obviously the 3D images what are uh, but and the 3D renders those, those yeah. Night Stalkers look amazing wowie mm-hmm. uh, and there's a um, Cillian yep. Bastillian Bastillian there we go I knew I'd get corrected <laughs> uh, Hero that looks oh, really cool um, I'm excited to see those hounds though. The Night Stalker hounds have me craving a bit more. Mm-hmm. Mm. They look really cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you reckon they're going to have a model range that goes alongside this Kickstarter? Or I believe they would release miniatures with it. I don't think it'll just be rules in a rule book. I mean, why would you create these renders and just have them sit there? I think the good business model there would be to release individual models but also um, units of it so that they can be transferable into Kings of War. I think that would be the mm. smartest thing. Yep, mm. agreed. My my only dislike for the whole thing so far, I just wish they'd finish a model range before they jumped into something else. But I suppose this helps. Well, I think you kind of need to drip feed. You can't just dump an entire army and say there you go that's done now you're not going to get anything until the rest of these other armies are going to be okay. uh, so don't do a g-dub hey huh? don't do a g-dub in what way well when they release a new codex it's usually a whole new bunch of models and then nothing and then nothing <laughs> for a long time yeah i think you need to stagger it yeah you need to keep people interested I'd also be very interested. I'm, I'm obviously a businessman, so I'd be very interested in how Mantic's actually using this to bankroll um, themselves um, with capital. Mm. So they may actually be using Vanguard to enhance their model ranges. So um, that's how I would do it if I was them. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm pretty interested to see where this all pans out over the next 12 months. Mm. I really like the way the uh, or the direction that the Night Stalkers are taking, just going by the concept art. I really thought that was um, quite creepy, hmm. having things with no heads and mouths in their stomachs and unusual yes. forms. That's really weird. <laughs> I really like that idea. And it was different to what I had imagined, which is also pleasantly surprised. Hmm. So I guess to answer Steve's original question of our thoughts about vanguard excited yeah i'm very excited just to see where it's all going to go um i'm generally not a massive smaller skirmish game uh fan however Mm. because it's a pickup straight out of my existing army of kings of war um that actually makes me a lot lot happier and more welcoming for vanguard Mm. 
I mean, I like what it will do for the background as well, because having played more Dungeon Saga recently, it kind of, for me anyway, fleshes out the world, and I'm sure Vanguard will do the same thing. Yep, so you're thinking a lot more fluff. Yeah. Yep. Right. I think this this will also be um, a gateway game for those that are just getting into the hobby. It's a big step from a skirmish thing to, all right, now I'll paint 300 figures. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, <laughs> you, you start skirmish level and then work your way up. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's like, it's, I think the, the numbers they're talking at the moment was the 12 to 30-ish models. Oh, okay, that's more than what I thought. Oh, this is what I'm hearing from a YouTube uh, uh, channel. Sure. So yeah, uh, that's what I saw this morning anyway. I think it was 10 okay. to 30. But yeah, obviously mm-hmm. your more elite armies have less and uh, probably undead, goblins, that sort of thing, your higher end yeah. model numbers. Mm. Terrain would be an interesting thing. Hopefully they release a, a range of terrain as well. Yeah, they just didn't you back one that they just did. Huh? What was that? The terrain, terrain crate. Ah, oh, yeah, I did do that. Was that magic? Um, yes. Yep. But it, that's like barriers and walls and bric-a-brac, not um, like not proper towers terrain. and buildings mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking more um, display board bits <laughs> for myself, ah, with the yeah. occasional bit of junk um, that we can throw in for a skirmish game. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh, there we go. So Hopefully that's answered. Yep. Well, I think we can nail that one away. Thanks, Steve, for uh, the shout-out there. But Thank I guess you. we sort of move on now to the biggest tournament in Australia um, over in CanCon. And I know that everyone's sort of slowly working towards not just uh, us three here, but also everyone else in Australia is working toward CanCon. So mm-hmm. what, what are you bringing? I'd be very interested. I know that uh, everyone's got a few armies, but what are you bringing, Spoon? Uh, pretty much the same army as last year, Abyssals. <laughs> Excited. Don't have to put much effort into it. Nope. It's done. Yep. Let's make another list. Yep, that's right. I th- feel like you're copping out. Yeah, I'm going to take Abyssal Dwarfs. <laughs> well, no, nothing else is assembled or painted, so... It's well, there was a discussion with the TOs, um, Matt and Taz, about me taking a Kingdoms of Men army and dressing up in something. Like, this oh, is a while back. yes. No, you were going to be the, um, the oh, what was it? It's the bloody war machine like... called. Huh? The beast war machine. Of war? Yes, that's what you were going to be, weren't you? The beast of war. We were just going to paint your silver, no clothes? Ah, oh, that's well, right. Ah, uh, right, yeah. Mm. <laughs> no, I'll be taking Abyssal Dwarfs because <laughs> I'm working on them still. Um, I want to take the um, Edge of Abyss character. I, I like the look of uh, Drabak Duncan and his... Um, Stone Golem friend, I think they'll be fun. Yeah, so they're they're the new ones, aren't they? Yep. Yep. Oh, excellent. So uh, if I can write a list around them, I'll be happy. Ah, uh, terrific. And I guess for me, uh, I've got the elves. Obviously, the the Dragon Empire Kickstarter that I've received. Um, mm. So just making sure that I can get those all painted up and ready to go on time uh, is sort of a it's big. It's not long. It's, it's three months. It's fine. It's fine. It's an army it's in fine. three months. It's a little airborne, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that's pretty much it, it for me. If I can't get them done in time, it'll be the Kingdoms of Men uh, without the silver body paint. But um, <laughs> yep. yeah, that, that's it for me. I'm, I love this tournament. I've gone to uh, CanCon like you guys for the last couple mm-hmm. of years, so it's an amazing one for us. So I'll be dressing up as, a, as that angry dwarf again. If there's anyone who's listening and is attending, can you dress up as well so I'm not the only one? <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be great. Uh, I'm dressing up as Spoon. Mm, poor effort. <laughs> yeah, that, that is pretty dismal. I, I dress up as Hangover every morning. <laughs> but, all right, next. All right, what have so, we got? So I guess the next one here is uh, sort of a lead-on to CanCon because there's a, a loose chat chatter around the world about this new tournament scoring uh, method called blackjack or coined as blackjack at the moment so we've actually had uh, mickey ward off our twitter who's asked us what of our original or initial thoughts on blackjack um, just as a disclaimer we haven't used this to score any of our games just yet we'll be doing the first ones tomorrow it's fresh off the press it is 
And we're supposed to give credit to Ken Dunford. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Ken Dunford and Matt um, have actually worked on this together. Um, it is still in production at the moment, but they're looking to use it at CanCon potentially. Mm. So, um, so for those who haven't heard anything about this because it's fresh news, what is it? Can you explain it simply, Selic? So basically, it's at the moment, there's a 15-5 sort of win-loss and then the draw obviously being 10. Uh, so this will and just build off that a little bit. So initially, it'll still work on the wins and loss and draws. However, mm-hmm. it will be on the scenario that whatever scenario you're playing, it then uh, adjusts the score. So if you won on the scenario really, really big, uh, then it will adjust your score in a positive way. Um, mm-hmm. And then after that second phase of scoring, it'll then go into uh, how many units you've lost and what's the difference there. So um, it's sort of like a three-phased scoring rather than just a two. So you won it, uh, won the scenario, how many, uh, what is it, attrition that you've got. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so it's just adding an extra element there t- to force you or I guess shape your behavior to start to look at the scenarios a little bit more so mm-hmm. uh, that's probably a terrible way of explaining <laughs> it um, in about 25,000 words or less and um, there's a different scoring structure for each scenario so it's not like a standard scoring system um, which is the same for every game that you play each scenario is scored a little differently that's right so there's obviously a, a myriad of different caveats uh, for each of these um, uh, scenarios but yep. yeah. Sounds interesting anyway. I think, because uh, I don't like the current scoring system, we just put up with it. Um, it's very swingy, you either win big or you don't. Yeah. Uh, very rarely it's close in terms of result. Uh-huh. Um, so if this can kind of bring it back and have a more accurate representation of what, of how the game played, that'd be great. Yeah. The old system for me, it, it was just really disappointing when the game was so close and the score margin was so huge yeah. it was big you yeah. might lose by one objective in pillage or something mm. and you get 15-5 mm-hmm. yeah. no difference for that one thing so I think uh, one of the guys that sort of mentioned it he refers to it and I apologise for all of our uh, people outside of Australia about AFL but it's sort of <laughs> like the final siren's gone there's a kick to win the game they just get it and they win it by one point, but instead of winning it by one point, they've actually win it by 40. So that's sort of how uh, we see the current uh, scoring system. Mm-hmm. And this is just going to shape it all back to a uh, more plainer scenario. So I'm very interested to see how it's going to affect deployment, affect army composition. So um, yeah, pretty excited about that. Mm. And seeing as I play mainly to scenario anyway, I don't think it'll change that much. I think we discussed before recording and I probably won't be affected too much about it, but um, very keen to give it a go, test it out. Yeah, mm. no, definitely. So we'll give it a try tomorrow night, and we'll uh, let everyone know on Twitter and Facebook how we went. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Anything else on the Blackjack tournament? I know you guys have only uh, just had a look at it. It's pretty hot off the press. Well, it's, it's pretty intimidating as a whole thing, but when you break it down, it's personal. You have to look at each individual scoring structure for each scenario not the entire thing yeah this is my (laughs) initial thought when i was uh peering at it just before yep so by intimidating uh you just mean that there's a lot of figures and a lot of uh matrixes because it's for every scenario that's right when you're looking at them all next to each other it's a lot of numbers okay but i guess essentially trying to look at all the rules of each scenario at once it can be intimidating but at a tournament obviously that'll be broken up over two hours two and a half hours that you would turn the page and it's it's pretty simple and that's right and and filling out the actual scores for each thing looks pretty simple enough you just follow each little step and it's done anything from you spoon no i I pretty much agree with you guys i'm interested interested to see how it goes um would love to see it going at cancon just to see how much of a difference it makes Mm -hmm. and we might not see uh, well, I don't think we'll see as big a margin between, say, top-middle players as what we have previously. Mm. Yeah, hopefully. With mm. any luck. With any luck. All right. Hmm. 
All right. Good done. chat. Who's next? All right. So we've actually now we're going to just sort of move away from the existing tournament structure. And we're oh, going oh, to... Oh, hang on. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, you just oh, have to break up no, the flow. Sorry, Thanks. guys. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Spoon, have a moment, man. Podcast ruined. Yeah, it's all over. We forgot to plug <laughs> CanCon. What's CanCon? Oh, that crow just died. What is it? Tell us about it's it. It's a I tournament. I don't know what you're talking about. In Canberra. Yeah. Australia Day long weekend. 2018. Okay. And what dates are they? I don't know what the... I have uh, no idea. Oh, you ruined it. So <laughs> Australia Day is on the 26th. So therefore, it goes 26th, 27th, 28th, 29th. Yeah, I can never so remember. the 27th and 28th is the weekend. Cool. Yeah. There you go. Where, and, uh, There's your plug, Matt. Go? Yeah, yeah, Matt. <laughs> but, uh, it's yeah, the best tournament of the year. It is. Uh, so we'll put a link on our Facebook and Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. So get on there, sign up immediately. Try and beat Spoon because he hasn't signed up yet. Putting on yep. the uh, scoreboard pressure. Um, yep. So yeah, get to it, sign up. And More places th- are limited. It's not like we can just sit there and wait because there's only amount of uh, there's a certain amount of tickets that the yep. actual venue can yeah. give out to. Yep. So if we sell out the the hundred, so we're, it's the biggest in Australia so far. Uh, if we sell out the hundred, we can actually start stealing other other games. So Excellent. Excellent. All cool. right, so there we go. Matt, you're done. You can probably stop listening now. Um, <laughs> so the, the next one is, uh, well, the next two. Uh, the first one's from Neil Barton, and I'd love to uh, get uh, Bensom first up mm-hmm. here. How far do you think the third edition of Kings of War is off? So how Right. Um, okay, so I was having a think about this on the way home from work. And just from my guesstimation, I would say probably close to the end of 2019, maybe the start of 2020. Um, I don't think it'll happen next year. That's too soon. There's still too many things to fill out. They might start advertising or hinting about it uh, towards the end of next year and depends on what they're planning on doing with the other systems that they've got. This is Mantic when I say they. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll probably start advertising, bringing out new armies twilight kin or something or hinting or i don't know if they're going to do another kickstarter for this starter sets or whatever but i feel like it should be an end of 2019 start of 2020 yeah yeah so i i totally concur with that i think we're looking at 18 months plus yeah um purely around i still think that second edition's in its infancy at the moment uh Mm. the rules committee is doing a great job and i feel like there's a lot of area of expansion and i think um uh, Neil, picking up a lot of momentum. Yeah, I think Neil's sort of mentioned that in his uh, question as well. So he said, how far do you think is it off? But also, I think it's it's still feeling really good. So Yeah, agreed. I mean, there's a few things that I'd like changed or added. Um, we'll uh, I those. don't think the, the annual um, Clash of King pack or book or whatever you want to call it will fix because that's what tweaks and scenario change-ups and items only any any uh discussion points on that one spoonie i was thinking about four years from the release four which years. would bring which would bring it to 2019 oh, uh yeah. 2015 june-ish i think from memory so you think it should be released mid 2019 yeah roughly okay right. bring up uh the four-year anniversary and then and just bam, kick it off edition. again. Drop is it, it just me? I, w- I would think four years is an odd anniversary. I mean, it it, is. normally it's like five or ten. Not, not four. Yeah, seems long enough. <laughs> it's, just, it's a semantic I'd, thing. I'd be happy. Um, like, I like the game as it is. I'd be happy if they keep releasing those Clash Kings packs and maybe added, you know, new campaigns and stuff that grow the fluff. Yeah. Wouldn't bother me. So I guess that's probably a really good segue uh, into uh, Damien Parks, I think it was, uh, that asked for a wish list for the third edition. <laughs> and I think we'll continue on with you, Spoon. You seem to be wish very list. opinionated on the wish list of what's going to be included <laughs> in the uh, third edition. Or what would you like to see? I would like to see uh, army-specific spells. Not a heap of them. Two, three, maybe? Mm-hmm. And maybe two or three race-specific 
magical items. Mm -hmm. That's what I would like to see. That's my wish. This further list. differentiates the army and gives them yeah. more character. Yeah, it gives them a bit of character. Yep, that's I it. totally agree with that. Mm -hmm. I want more trap units, as they're called. Trap uh, units. Yeah, it was um, suggested that the uh, the boom wagon for the ogres, Red Goblin Blaster, mm -hmm. was a trap unit in that if you take it, it actually reduces your chances of winning. Yeah. I yeah. disagree. I personally. totally disagree with that one. <laughs> that thing scares it, the shit out of me. But I want more <laughs> random units like that, how it's a, di a random distance in the amount that it attacks um, and then the actual number of hits is also random. Mm -hmm. I love that, that risk-reward from it and I wish there was a few more things like that. I want really weak or unusual units that seem kind of low in the power level but if used in the right way can be really good or really tricksy. Um, doesn't mean you have to take them, I just want the option. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay, and I, I guess those things. I guess for myself, um, I just want that real fluff and that lore to come out in the third edition. I know that's not character specific um, or army specific, but uh, just to get to know a little bit more about uh, what's going on in the world, I know that that's something that I'm missing uh, from the fantasy world, the game, mm. Games Workshop fantasy world. Um, so that for me is something I really wish, um, but to steal Spoon's idea, that is exactly uh, what I want as well. Spells. spells and magic items. Spells and magic of. items, something that makes your army unique. Um, and I'm a big man of synergies as well, so if I can tie them in with something else to make it work, then that'd be great. Mm. I mean, there's, there's such a small amount of um, that synergistic thing there, like with some legend, uh, living legends having a particular ability that affects a small portion of an army list. Yeah. Um, like Corsairs for the Salamanders, that, that character that gives them a bit better uh, shooting power and yeah. Vanguard or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I think they need more of that. A few more living legends that have these unusual funky abilities that affect different parts of the army. So you can think, all right, I have this guy, let's build a list around him and it kind of plays quite differently to what a normal list of that army type would yeah. play. Yep. I would also like the double ones to be less... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, not as um, devastating. How would you change <laughs> it? I'm curious. Everyone's got an opinion about this. I like the idea if that if you roll a double one, um, surely it doesn't wipe the army off but or the, the unit off, but they have a reduced um, an amount of attacks, maybe? Mm -hmm. Or hindered or something. And or hindered? End, yeah, because just ended, that's... Who, who cares? Okay, so for the people that don't know what a double one does in a game, so I know that there's probably one or two of our listeners that will have no idea what's happening in Kings mm. of War. When you get a double one, what does that actually do? So if you roll a double one, your opponent gets to fight as normal, so it doesn't matter how much damage they've taken in previous combats, they can countercharge you back at full strength. Yeah, so yep. if you've got a guy that's taken 20 wounds and he's only got uh, a 13-14 waiver route and mm -hmm. you roll a double one, he just gets to turn back around and counter charge you with no sort of issues at all. And it's even worse when you're attacking a horde. They've got usually got, what, say a 21-23 yep. route and you've put them on 25 because you've thrown everything you've got at them. And then you double one, and they can swing back with 40 attacks, crushing one or whatever. Yeah, just kill you. Yeah. <laughs> so at the, at the moment, that double one is a get-out-of-jail-free. And what you're asking for is that a double one is not a get-out-of-jail-free, but you've actually significantly impacted because you've taken a mountain of wounds. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. But before we move on, uh, what about double sixes? Never heard of it. Never heard of it. No, doesn't happen to me. Well, I, f I find it a little frustrating. <laughs> Say it's a might only be well, gargoyles is a bad ex example because that would kill them. <laughs> Maybe a regiment of something. They do one wound, roll double six, and you wave it. Wave it. Yep. Okay. Uh, yep. So a double I six obviously just wavers everyone. Mm -hmm. Automatically uh, wavers yeah. unless they're fearless. Yeah. I I think if you fix one, you got to fix the other. 
But that's not so bad, though, because it's not like you can charge back unless they've got Fury or whatever. Oh, I just find it really frustrating at the start of the game where you can't move your unit. <laughs> well, what about hindered? What if you, rather than um, wavered, what if you hinder it? So I can understand where the, the rules committee and Mantic originally sort of went with this, purely around more of the modern day combat pinning. So you've just taken a couple of wounds, maybe you start to panic. Um, so maybe you're not all coordinated. Mm. Don't know, mm. just throwing it out there. Yeah. Mantic, I would have thought, Spoon, that you would want some sort of rule or system to prevent those corkscrew charges and the oh, uh, yeah. two millimeter, <laughs> not corner Don't get corner me charges. We'll be here all night if we get that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah. they're rubbish. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't Just be because a... it's a rule doesn't mean it's good. Don't be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so the other uh, Damien Parks question there was, in, and we're not talking about 3rd edition anymore, back into mm -hmm. where we are at the moment. Um, and we'll talk to this one as a bit of a an overall component. What are the top three armies and what are the bottom three armies and why? So I don't expect us all to bring out So three. we're talking about like power level? Yeah. What we think are the best and worst? Yeah. What do you think? You can start Ooh. off. So I think we have to sort of have a look at uh, who's playing what. And uh, it, it does depend on the scenarios. But I think for one, I think the dwarves are pretty strong. Yep, agreed. Um, so I just think that they've sort of counter inside their list now, they've countered the issue of slow movement. And uh, that for me would be one of the top, if one or two. Um, but yeah, that, that's, that's for me one of the top. I would also think the Brotherhood is a pretty strong list. Yeah, regening knights. Abyssal Dwarves I'd put up there. Yeah, they're also pretty strong. So you reckon that would be the top three? So two Dwarves, effectively, and Brotherhood? The Elves are good too. Yeah. They are. The only issue I've got with Elves is, and this is probably me trying to make a list, I find it very hard to balance a list. Hmm. Uh. So I find that you're either heavy on one, or you're heavy on shooting, or heavy on knights or whatever but otherwise ratkin i think is a really powerful list because you've got so say. many units so many scoring units and it's hard to clear if you don't have the right setup where do you think goblins fit i uh, haven't seen enough of them played to know i'd like to see more of them at tournaments but I, I yeah don't, i mean I they don't have a huge roster either so you've got what three infantry three cavalry yeah. and then heroes more engines a couple of monsters so their lists tend to just be more repetitious units over and over with like a lightning battery or whatever and then you need some some sort of ally to try and fill the gap a little bit mm. but like ratkin you, you can get a lot of bodies out there and a huge amount of drops and just kind of overwhelm the board yeah well i think that they're a spam list so mm. But just because you can win th with them doesn't make them strong. I, th I think in terms of power, they're not all that great. Okay. And so the other, the flip side of that coin is the bottom three. Um, I think still Salamanders or Trident yep. Realm would be. Salamanders. And I know that they've tried to boost Trident Realm a little bit, but um, I still think some of the points, and I know we did the review, if you haven't had our review yet, feel free to go back. But I think the Trident Realms still need a little bit of something-something. I think also it, it could come down to they're not an easy army to play. So if you've been using them for a while, you could probably get used to how they function, their weaknesses, and compensate and work around it. I think, I mean, it's not a bad list. It's just... It's, it's not great, though. You've got to get used to it, I yeah. think. Do you think once you you've got that down, it'll, it's okay. Yeah, do you think you have to carry too many units but I know that the, particularly for us three we tend to take a couple of units that we just like uh, rather mm. than being uh, optimal do you mm -hmm. think that uh, particularly Salamanders and Trident Realms you're carrying a few few more units than you normally would what do you mean by carry as in um, you're playing them for the sake of playing them not because you're using them as a uh, winning tool I yeah guess. probably yeah <laughs> That doesn't help. Yeah. I mean, there's some 
cool units in both of those armies, and you think, oh, they, they should be good because they sound and look really cool, but they're not. And I just can't help but not take them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every time. And where do you think uh, forces of nature fit into the top three, bottom three? Uh, middle of the road. Middle? Yeah. So we've, we've got two, Salamanders and Trident, and we'll assume that the, the kin are out of it. Who mm -hmm. else do you have in that bottom three position? Mm. So do you want me to rattle off the remaining... So we've sort of said the elms... Uh, elms. Uh, elves, the elms. The elms. Uh, elves are sort of top half. Then we've sort yep. of got goblins, orcs, undead, ogres, uh, basilia. How do you say Basilea. Yeah. Uh, abyssals, empire of dust. Uh, Ratkin, you said, is at the top. The Herd, yep. uh, League of Rordia, uh, mm -hmm. and Brotherhood, we said, was at the top. Varangur, yep. I, I dispute. Varangur's with. pretty strong. Yeah, Ogres, Varangur would be at the top. Yeah. Um, and on the last levels. one there is obviously the uh, Night Stalkers. Night Stalkers. They're a weird one. They can be really strong. Match up right dependent? Setup. Yeah. Yep. That's my thoughts. Kingdoms of Men. I would be putting Ooh, Kingdoms yeah. of Men down there, probably. I really struggled building that list when we did the review. Yeah, you actually used allies in that list, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Alright, so I guess... Uh, what about the Empire of Dust? don't know. I struggled with him because I was taking lots of construct things. Oh, they're probably not called... Uh, what are the Ashabdi called in... Enslaved Guardians. Yep. I was taking a lot of them, so I struggled a bit. But I think um, Blythe is doing pretty well with the Empire of Dust, so... Well, good players will play good. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, I'll, I'm going to be the tiebreaker here and then go yeah. uh, Kingdoms of Men as yeah. the, the top of the bottom three. Yep. So Best of the losers. All right, so um, that is that. What we'll do is we'll just have a small break and we'll be back soon. And we're back from that lovely break. <laughs> Technical difficulties, whatever. Uh, how about we just get into the next question? Selick, who is it? What are you well, talking about? Yep. So thanks everyone for the break. Uh, Felix Castro has asked us the question here about what draws us to an army or what lures us to an army. Is it the rules? Is it the models? Is it the play styles? Uh, so I guess, um, Benson, we'll start with you. Mm -hmm. What draws you or what lures you to an army? To begin with, it's the visual, um, what the army would look like in my head when it's finished. Uh, play style doesn't really come into it all that much. Um, what will happen is I'll start an army, I'll start modelling, collecting it, and then after I've had half a dozen games and realise, yeah, I don't know how to make this work, I'll stop. <laughs> so play styles afterwards. So it always comes down to what it looks like. Um, rules I've never really cared about, it's always been... A wacky list. Uh, Night Goblins was one of them, the All Swig Army. Mm. I, with the Abyssal Dwarfs, I'm liking the uh, as the the fast setup, and with all the monsters, and I like the idea of of slaves and uh, unusual creatures that the Iron Casters have made. Dwarves I just had, and same with Lizardmen, so that doesn't matter. But um, yeah, the visuals for me. Cool, Salik. Yeah, I guess. Um a bit different here I actually go by the rules more so I'll look at the mm. rules and then sort of go does that sort of the, the my weird sort of synergy list does it work with this sort of rule base and then from there I go alright well that's the army that's got these rules what sort of models do they have mm. um, and usually uh, they don't have all the models that I like um, <laughs> so that's when I sort of go off into the greater world of looking for models and I guess that over the, the first probably 20 games that I play with that new army really determines my playstyle. I sort of make it work, um, mm. even if even if it's not playing the uh, the normal way to play with that army. So I guess rules, models, then playstyle for me. Hmm. Cool. Uh, for and myself, yeah. uh, usually it's uh, the model range first. 
Uh, followed by how cheap it is. <laughs> Cost. <laughs> Says the guy with 19 armies. Yeah, that's the, why he has to factor in. Uh, it's not only that, but I, I think the worst part is that if I see a cheap army, it just nibbles at me. It calls. It says, you want to, I want to be so purchased. So I guess what draws you to an army is the price on uh, eBay. That sort of... Depends on how shiny it is. <laughs> Followed by a bit of fluff, usually. Uh, I was always a huge Wood Elf fan, um, fantasy-wise. And my hours for Kings of War will be Wood Elf-based. Um, demons, I had the demons. I loved Slanesh, and then it turned into a multi-god-looking thing for Kings of War. Hmm. Yep. Very true. Hmm. Yeah, so um, models, models price does help. Yeah. A bit. Uh, and then, yeah, a bit of fluff. Yeah, I guess the price did come into it for my ogres that I picked up. So it yep. was my second army at the time, and I wanted something with a low model count. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was actually a, a big driving force for me. So I guess yeah, I, I'll admit when I was playing fantasy, ogres was a draw card just because the Low model the game. amount of models that I had to paint yep. wasn't very much. This is coming from undead where I didn't want to paint another skeleton. I thought bugger this. Instead of painting thirty skeletons for a regiment, I'll just paint thirty ogres for an army. Yeah. Mm. So I guess that sort of leads on to our next question from Bradford William, and I'm not sure if that William Bradford or Bradford William, um, somebody will uh, confirm his name. Um, <laughs> however, what, what sort of army list pointers would you give for a beginner? So when somebody's just starting out, maybe they're brand new, never played a game, what would you say is the first three or four things to take into account when building a list? I would say start off with um, trying to make a balanced list so don't try and do anything fancy or tricks you're just starting out you just want to learn the rules so taking a couple of blo blocks of troops maybe a horde a couple of regiments take a couple of war machines a couple of monsters cavalry if you have the option to do it and some heroes to back them up so that seems pretty balanced it's just a very basic building block uh, and it allows you to play in all aspects of the the game um, I think that's a great starting point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so just participate in all of the phases mm -hmm. equally. And that um, gets you the rules. Yep. And then from there, start to drop units or build units in. You're probably yeah, going to feel for what you like right. and what you don't like. All right, but so I'm going to throw a bit of a curveball in here because that's sort of what I do. What if you're Spoon, okay? So you're <laughs> looking at the model range first <laughs> and you're a bit short of money. How do you well, start to work with the army list then? You don't buy it. What? Okay. <laughs> yep. So, so you mean like proxy, proxy the army? Yeah, proxying's yep. good. You can always, um, if you're just trying to learn the game, just use cardboard cutouts for the time being. Write the name of the unit on there. That's if you don't have any miniatures. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> if you're really, okay. really, if you're really desperate, <laughs> go go down that path. Okay. Otherwise, oh. have some have something to represent the unit instead of just yeah it's works. not fun to play against uh, no. bits of cardboard but uh, sometimes it's necessary I guess one of my things I totally agree with Benson here that um, participating in all the phase to learn the rules is probably the most important thing uh, the other thing that I would say is I guess tips for a, a new army list is to make sure that you've got some speed um, I find that speed is something that I find uh, very critical and very important because it sort of gets you the charge and you've obviously get to wound a unit before it gets to wound you. Um, and I guess that for me is, is something that and I like to add. you've got to have something that manoeuvres and can run and take objectives or hold objectives. Uh, a, a static army is very hard to win those um, counter scenarios. Mm, yeah, definitely. Sure, it'll be fine and kill, but it doesn't uh, come up all that much. Yeah, I find that Kings of War is not really a, a kill sort of army. It's not. Army. Works well, best with the scenarios. Another pointer I would give is once you have your list, um, get your regiments or your movement trays or whatever and just lay out deployment maps for yourself so you can see visually how your army looks on the table when you're deploying. I do that with a pen and paper usually. I do yeah, that in the Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> you can do that as well if you're weird. Um, but if, if you can do it on the table so you've got a better representation, then I yep. think that, that'll help as well. It's a good way to visualize your drops as well. Yep. So just knowing, hey, I'm going to be out deployed here. Okay, how am I going to deal with that? So, If your memory's not great, grab uh, the artifact and magic cards or just write them on a piece of paper and stick them next to the units that are containing artifacts or have spells and that'll hopefully prompt you into remembering that you've got those things. Yeah. Okay, so hopefully Bradford William or William Bradford, that is uh, uh, <laughs> helpful for Brad. you, I guess. It does depend how you're going to um, play your army, but I guess knowing the rules is probably the best step to knowing how to build your army in the future. So that would be our advice. Yep. And at which point we'll jump down probably to Nathan Ash's comment here of he's obviously a Warhammer Fantasy uh, player. Refugee. Refugee, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, and he's asking how best to transition uh, from Warhammer Fantasy into Kings of War or how do you make your army unique is another one of his questions that he's got for us. So Spoon, how did you transition from Warhammer? Obviously you were a, a massive G-Dub fan at that point, uh, particularly around 6th edition. How did I'm you gonna, transition? I'm going to kind of push this a little differently. If you're coming mm. from Warhammer... Don't expect Kings of War to be Warhammer. It's a different game. It's it's similar in ways, but different in a lot of ways, if that yeah. makes sense. Well, um, it does, but it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, f- the fans at home are just like, what? What? <laughs> uh, it, it doesn't quite work like fantasy, I guess. I love the game as it is. Um, would love to see it get refreshed every now and again, but coming into it from Warhammer I think you just need to play a few games with someone that has played before um, that can give you a few tips um, start at smaller points levels and work your way up yeah that would be my tip to a Warhammer refugee yep okay and I guess my tip would be to have a look at the number that's next to Kings of War and that's Kings of War 2 um, and just acknowledge that uh, this is only in its second edition and it's already starting to build and swell this base of players. Um, so let's let the next six editions to get to where it is where Warhammer left and passed away. Rip. Um, <laughs> but that would be my advice, just to acknowledge where it's at at the moment in its infancy. Mm. I think you really do need to note that it is not Warhammer and it doesn't play like Warhammer. You're not going to six dice a spell and win the game mm. or lose your mage. Yep. Um, you're not going to have a character that just munches through an entire army. It just doesn't work like that. Yeah. Okay. Ugh, so I don't miss Warhammer. <laughs> <laughs> so, so other than um, acknowledging that it's not Warhammer Fantasy, uh, different game sets, um... Obviously, building an army, the biggest, I guess, gap is going to be around the fluff and the lore mm. coming into uh, Kings of War. It really doesn't have that just yet. I know that they're working on it actively. I think they're doing really well with the supplements in the campaign. I think Because I've read m- most of it now, I think it's getting to a good place. Does people need to do- actually get off their butts and read it? Okay. Just, just saying. Because <laughs> I've got a lot of ideas in my head for armies um, based around certain characters and regions within Mantica. Oh, I've got to change that name. Third edition, change the name of Mantica. Um, <laughs> so I am starting to feel that it, it, it isn't a, a system lacking in law. Yeah, it can obviously be f- fleshed out. Everything can always be fleshed out. Um, but I'm liking where it's going and I, I think it's pretty good but how do you make your army unique just have a quick look at the map have a read of your army background and hopefully that can start to generate some fuel for fire and create your own uh, general and its retinue to go with it and build on on that that's how i went anyway Hmm. and i guess my closing statement to uh 
Nathan Ash or Nash, uh, is going to be <laughs> don't let the unit name uh, withdraw you, I guess, from what it's trying to do. So if you've got a shooting unit uh, in a, a demon army, don't let assume that that has to be a fire shooting army. Feel free to make it into zombies puking vomit everywhere that's going to be mm. a, a shooting attack. Um, and I guess that's another way to, even though that you're not changing the rules to be uh, making your army unique, it's actually the models and the miniature and your vibe and your theme that's making it unique. Um, yeah. And how you actually structure and build your list around your own unique uh, skill set. You have much more creative freedom with Kings yeah, of it's, And I think that that's amazing. And I've actually started to really embrace it in uh, the next couple of uh, armies that I'm creating. So. Mm. Yeah, I guess that that's that's enough for you, nation, 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 <laughs> nation, Sean nation, in the house. <laughs> jeepers. Uh, so our our final question, and I thank goodness uh, I'll continue is to it? drink this beer, is uh, yep, with Heinrich Hammerin. Uh, the what's our that's favorite? A, that's a really good name, just by the way. It's, that's a, that's yep. a really cool name. Heinrich, uh, he's actually from Finland. Mm. So just an FYI, Heinrich, you're from Finland. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> is what's your favorite deployment combo tactic or trick um and then later on we'll get into what's our favorite mid-game setup trick maneuver so we'll start off with deployment so i think what he's asking here is don't just set up in a line but what do we actually think about when we deploy that's one of our uh, tactics um standard is having a fast moving chaff unit um, behind a unit that you don't want to get smashed in a charge, sitting so, and then as you move forward, they kind of zip out in front of the unit because you can move through your own dudes mm-hmm. and take a charge instead. Um, I like that kind of layering, uh, having smaller height units up front with uh, height two or height three units behind them, so you can double charge. Um, that can sometimes uh, get people off guard because they didn't expect a large cavalry unit behind a horde of infantry to charge out. I do uh, something similar with uh, Succubi and Tortured Cells, Ben. So the, mm. uh, height two uh, Tortured Cells behind the um, Succubi. Mm-hmm. Long range charger if I need it. Uh, the, the Succubi are usually pretty good at being a, an anvil de- depending on what they're fighting. Hmm. Yeah, um, like, I guess for me personally, uh, with against shooting armies or shooting heavy armies, just making sure that you've set up to take that shot to make sure that you're getting cover. Having a individual on a horse or something that's fast moving is also um, can be tw- quite tricky in terms of people not expecting a long distance charge because they can uh, turn before they declare it and then just zip 18 inches across the board and smack something in the side huh. um, that's always fun Basusu thank you half <laughs> um, free champions are great at that as well uh, what about mid game setups so that's, this one that's, we're, in, we're in the thick of things now combat's starting to happen monsters are flying around the flank yeah, Ob- so. the obvious one is the staggered setup so you take a charge and because you've got a unit that's off to the side a little bit um, possibly out of charge range they can hit a flank maybe mm, so I've got two or three with this one that I really like to do mm. and it's the the flying, some people use a dragon some people use like a a peg or whatever but you get it behind and just make sure that you've got uh, three or four options that you can actually swing the game with and I know that's not a a trick or a massive manoeuvre but it's more of a setup, um, just to actually. So, what are you laughing at? Um, it's 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 a squeaky door. It is a squeaky door, but I guess that for me is a bit more of a setup. Uh, the other thing there is the um, nimble units uh, with surge. So, getting a, a unit that can pivot on the spot, move up, and then use the nimble pivot again and then surge after that to get a flank is uh, a pretty a good tasty maneuver. trick <laughs> mm. 
How about you, Spoon? <laughs> I don't have many tactics. <laughs> Probably why I lose so often. Uh, <laughs> one I <laughs> come up with the a while back. to ask. Yeah, probably. The one I come up with a while ago, I I don't think I had enough opportunity to use it, but it was my Ifrit um, with the, the burn ability, and then that, was it Bob Boyle? Mm-hmm. Is that where you roll mm-hmm. the dice equal to their wounds? Yep. I like yep. that one mid-game, because our units had taken wounds already. Um, Ifrit usually did a good job uh, of adding a few extra wounds and then you could oh you had to add that medallion that gives you an extra casting what's that yep. called the, the boots isn't it no that's the movement one Medall- uh, I don't know what that's it's fire called fire Meriden's fire double casting or something yeah whatever the double <laughs> casting one is I like that tactic that was pretty cool but um, amulet like, of the fire heart that's the one mid game that's pretty cool um I don't know. I think mine changes game to game and depends on scenario as to what I'm doing. Yeah, um, definitely. I don't know how to answer that one properly. <laughs> I like mucking about with height. So having height three or four uh, units charging other things that you didn't expect because yeah. they can see over stuff. Yeah, I guess yeah, it's in my the favorite. Sorry, in the same bracket there. Also, and I think Spoon, you were the first one to actually use this against me. Is the speed ten people with the extra speed, so charging yep. twenty two inches, um, does ah, catch yeah. a few people off guard, particularly on flanks that you think you're well out of range, and then all of a sudden you've just got this giant big unit flapping across twenty two inches, slamming into mm-hmm. your flank. Um, that's something that does catch people off. Whether you call that a setup, a trick, or a manoeuvre, I'm not really sure, but it does uh, swing a game every. I, every I second. have, I do warn people about that the 22 inch charge, and I think sometimes the threat of that is enough to put people off. It's half the board. Mm. Yeah. The so, other manoeuvre I like mid game is if you're losing really badly, is just flip the table. <laughs> <laughs> So anyone uh, that's played uh, Benson, by the way, you'll notice that he's uh, wins more bloody uh, sportsmanship awards <laughs> than anyone else. So I'd love to see him flip a table or a board <laughs> or a board game. He's a guy that would uh, passively play Monopoly. So I don't know how he does it. That is absolutely it. The only other one that we've got... Uh, it sounded like you are opening a barn door there. I've got but animals here. <laughs> is... Uh, one more question from Unplugged Radio, and I deliberately haven't put it on to our questions here, because you it was bugger. you sneaky bastard. Uh, was what would it take for us to fly to the U.S. for a tournament or an event? Well, it's all about money. I don't earn a whole lot because I can't work all that much, so it's the cost. I'd like to go. Lady of the Lake GT sounds like a ripper of a time. Go and uh, meet up with Chris. That'd be good fun. Yep. Yep. Mm. Yep. But it's the it's the cost of the flights, that's it. Yep. And so uh, for me, I'm trying to buy a house, um, and it's pretty much like buying a house in New York City uh, yeah. for, for anyone else. Um, so, yeah, that one there at the moment is all about the money. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. But other than that, I think we're, we're already keen if we could afford it. Someone win lotto, and then we'll, get, we'll head over. Yeah, so <laughs> I've had a couple of people on Twitter. Um, I'm just... You feel free to contact me if you're a millionaire, and we'll be over there. Please, <laughs> thanks. You can sponsor the show. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, what else we got? Is that it? We yeah, that, that's all of my secret questions as well. Oh, great. Well, thanks, everyone, for submitting questions. Hmm. It really helps because otherwise we wouldn't do this episode. <laughs> we'd have something else. <laughs> We've probably got another army review before the end of the year, you reckon? Yeah, we do. We've got a couple left over as well, so we probably need yep. a few recommendations of which army to do. Mm-hmm. And we're going to try and do a more regular schedule. So at the start of the month, we're going to try and record. So hopefully they start coming out at a regular time, more mm. consistent time. That's it. That's our plans, anyway. Do we have anything else that we need to discuss? I don't think so. I think they've waited long enough. Alrighty. Okay. I'm going to say my goodbyes now. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, Yeah. Thanks. See ya. See you, guys. Yeah, direct misfire blowing up the game Talking many war games is our aim Rule books to advice, we cover it all With the best tactics, we never fall Bend some spoon and select her in the mix Math, hammer-
hammer doesn't work, it's a trick. Follow along, stay up to date. Comment, like, subscribe today. Come check us out on Facebook and Twitter at Direct Misfire. If you want to shoot us an email, directmisfire at gmail.com. champs and welcome once again to another direct misfire missive joining me today as always is spoon and selic as we talk about hobby and a whole bunch of other things questions from the community um so grab a seat pull up a drink <laughs> <laughs> so, shh, 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 we can edit in so pull up a seat grab a drink and let's get into it how are you guys <laughs> pretty good oh, i am doing amazing great Good to hear. Let's get into it. It's late. We don't want to spend too long on this because we we could talk for a long time. Well, we yes. can. All right. So who have we got? Who's the first question asker? No, we're we're doing hobby first. You jump oh, the shit. gun. <laughs> do you want to? What are we doing for hobby, <laughs> guys? <laughs> do you want to just reboot? Okay.